Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. Drew Holcomb. His new album, Dragons, just released, and it's incredible. I hope you've gotten a copy. Today on the show, a pastor that I love and respect and have enjoyed his work from afar, but also we were in college together at the same time. Just another Georgia Bulldog on here for you guys. That's how we're doing this fall. Lots of Georgia Bulldogs, if I can help it. David Platt is a pastor you probably know mostly from his teaching, maybe from his book Radical or any of his subsequent books that he has written. The brand new one that comes out tomorrow is called Something Needs to Change. And you'll hear me tell him this, but uh, this book really changed me and I am so grateful for it. And just so glad to get to sit down and chat with them. I mean, it's been a while since we were in the same room, but I was super, super happy that we got to chat. I think you're really going to enjoy this. You know, I like to warn you when I can, and I think this is a note-taking one. So I think you may want to have the ability to take some notes while you're listening. So with that warning, knowing what's coming, here is my conversation that I think you're really going to love with Pastor David Platt. David, welcome to Nashville. It's great to be in Nashville. Thanks for being here. What else are you doing while you're here? Uh, just a variety. It's like a day trip. I flew in this morning, flying out tonight. Uh, so, yeah. Just knocking out a bunch of these yeah. friends, mm-hmm. catching up with your people. That's right. Oh, man, it's that's great. so good. It's good. Like, yeah, it's pretty convenient to be able to sleep in my own bed. Yeah. Kiss my kids goodnight tonight. Right. And be in Nashville during the day. Let's talk about traveling for just a little bit because I have some real questions about it. Tell me how you feel about airlines are you loyal uh i i have been loyal in the past but that's kind of changing why uh well because i'm i'm not traveling as much as i was domestically and so that's where so internationally when i'm traveling i'm going overseas three or four times a year but i'm really just looking for like the best flight options Uh and like when i go to this country they're that partner doesn't really work as well. So I'm uh-huh. about to lose. This will be the first year I'm about to lose my, like I've got it through the end of this year, but then I'm going to lose my, all my, all my perks. Oh, yeah, bless your heart. They're going away. <laughs> yeah. Suffering. I'm going to be a normal person. Uh, yes, again. a normal person in the back <laughs> of the plane. Okay. But I read your most recent book that we're going to talk a ton about because I loved it. And you fly coach anyway. Yeah, it took Adoniram Judson 114 days to sail to <laughs> India. Like, yeah, right, right, I don't right. need to be complaining about a 17-hour <laughs> flight. Uh, so anyway. I'm a huge fan of the Wild West, which is just like a thing about me. Huh. And I think all the time when I'm out there, like if I'm flying to California or I went to Colorado this summer, I'm always like, people, their whole like family story was about this thing I just did oh. in four hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I think about. Yes. What I think about even when we've watched with our kids, like we used to watch like Little House on the Prairie old yes. episodes. It was like, man, I don't think I could have made it. In right. That day. It was just a, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm pretty weak. Uh, I, compared to Pioneers, yes, the real yes, deal Pioneers. Yes, that's right. Are you still drawn to those kind of stories? Uh, well, I mean, not necessarily, I don't know if I would call myself a wild west enthusiast, uh, but, uh, I mean, I'm definitely drawn to stories. Like I just mentioned, Adoniram Judson, I mean, pioneering. Say his name slower. Who are you saying? Adoniram Judson. That's not a real name. So, oh no, he's, he's great. So he's, uh, first, well, not the first, one of the first missionaries who went out from, uh, the United States. He went to India, met up with William Carey there, and moved to uh, Myanmar. He and his wife. And what uh, years this do you have? This would have been oh, this was the 
1700s. Don't okay. quote me on that for sure. I can't believe I just did oh, a whole boy. biography on him. Um, but uh, You wrote it or read it? Uh, well, I did like a talk. I read oh, uh, okay. a great biography on him and then did a talk on but it. But 1700s is good versus like 2005. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah, okay. a long time ago. But it's amazing. Now, now it was costly. I mean, yeah, his first wife died. His second wife died. He had numerous children die. Mm. I mean, so that kind of pioneering and and never I and mean, first every missionary who either who'd gone to Myanmar had either died or left, and everybody was like, "Don't go there," and he went there, and they gave their lives there, and like today there are thousands of churches that are like directly trace their lineage back to him proclaiming the gospel there. So that kind of pioneering, like I uh, yeah, yeah yeah, I could go on story after story about people like that. Yeah. yeah. Tell me the difference now with missionaries. Huh. Well, I mean, it's just a different world. Like right. you, you, the access to be able, and we were just kind of joking about flying. I mean, you, we, can, we can get anywhere in the world. I say that there's still unique challenges. Obviously, it's not easy to get into some countries, some context with the gospel. So there's still, uh, yeah, very intense challenges. Uh, with any, When it comes to still learning languages, like I was down not long ago in the Amazon, and so just some remote tribes. There's still some tribes there that are just still uncontacted by the outside world. Like it's unbelievable. No contact. So of course, no gospel access to. Right. So uh, anyway, so there there are still unique challenges. It's just the resources. Like I think I was thinking about this this week. Uh, actually, yesterday I was in my Bible reading in Luke 12. Like to whom much is given, much is required. Like. If Adoniram Judson knew what we would have at our disposal today when mm. it comes to travel, technology, uh, even just medical care, all these things, like, man, we, we really don't have an excuse for not getting the gospel like every single place in the world. Right. So anyway. Okay, so t- a bunch of our friends who are listening think like you and I, but there are some mm. who who are brand new to this conversation. So I like to sometimes define words. It's great. So will you kind of say, when you say taking the gospel mm-hmm. around the world, what it, what do you mean? Do you mean just copies of the Bible? No, I do not mean just copies of the Bible, although that's uh, part of it. Uh, but uh, so when I say gospel, I'm talking about the good news that uh, we, well, we have been created by God for relationship with God. We have rebelled against God. And uh, so this is just the story of humanity. Yeah, we we being just humans. That's right. All of us, it looks different in all of our lives. We've all turned from God's ways to our own ways. And uh, as a result, we're separated from God and the relationship God has designed for us. And if we continue in this, we'll spend eternity separated from God in this way. But the good news is God loves us so much that he has come to us in the person of Jesus and Jesus lived a perfect life with no rebellion against God and then paid the price for our rebellion against God. That's why mm. Jesus died on the cross. And then the good news keeps getting better because he didn't stay dead for long. He rose from the grave, conquering all sin and death so that anyone who trusts in Jesus will be forgiven of their sin before God and reconciled back to relationship with God forever. Mm. Uh, what I was reading this morning and. uh the Bible talks about, uh, Jesus talks about a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So um, that's available to anybody listening to this right now, and anybody in the world can be reconciled to God through faith in Jesus. And so when I talk about taking that news to the world, like it's the greatest news in the world yeah. to say to anyone, anywhere, like 
you can know God forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be reconciled in relationship with God. And it's not based on what, like a list of things to do. Like I think about one, one day I was in another country sitting outside a, a temple uh, of this one particular religion. I was talking with two other guys. They're both from different religions. And they were kind of looking at me like, uh, uh, and we were having a conversation. They were basically saying, you know, we all have different beliefs, but fundamentally our beliefs are the same. And I was listening for a while, and then uh, I said, it's almost like you guys picture God or whatever you want to call him at the top of a mountain, and we're kind of all at the bottom of a mountain, and you may take this path up, and I may take this path, but then we'll find ourselves in the same place. They kind of smiled. They said, exactly, you understand. I said, well, what if I told you that the God at the top of the mountain didn't wait for us to come find our way to him, but he actually Mm -hmm. came down to where we were? And they smiled. They said, that would be great. I said, now this is who Jesus is. Mm. Like Jesus is God who's come to us. And so it's the greatest news in the world. And it's news, yeah, that everybody needs to hear, which is why an Adoniram Judson would say, I'm going to give my life making that good news known. Yeah, I feel like uh, you've given your life to that. I hope so. I want, yeah. my, I want my life to count for that. I yeah. can't think of yeah, anything more important than where not just I, but where any one of us is going to spend eternity. Right. What we haven't talked about yet is that we are classmates. That's right. University of Georgia. Our dogs. Same grade. Huh. Um, and I remember your wife pretty mm-hmm. clearly from college. And even then, you wanted to give your life for the mm-hmm. gospel. Yeah. And, and you know, it's I interesting. I remember. I mean, that. you were like when we were 18. Well, and, and Georgia really did that for me. Uh, I just remember... I'd I'd grown up in the church. Now I'm on this university campus with a lot of people who did not believe what I just. Did you grow up in Georgia? Uh huh. Where Stone Mountain? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody go see the go see it. Uh, Go see the laser show. (laughs) Uh, That's where Heather and I had our first date. Was at Stone Mountain? Yes. Took her to see the laser show. So done. uh, But Georgia was like a kind of a crisis of belief moment for me in my faith because I'm I'm sharing that good news with people on campus and people are looking at me like, well, yeah, even saying to me, I mean, friends, like that sounds pretty narrow minded, like mm. that we should believe what you believe. And that if we don't, we're going to spend eternity separated from God. Like, uh, it's offensive, arrogant, narrow mind. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be narrow minded, offensive, arrogant. And so I just remember wrestling with that in a whole new way. I had, some world religions classes that I was in and so just start and then but and all of that just came to realize okay one I I really do believe this is true like and Mm -hmm. I think there's good reason to believe it's true Mm -hmm. um and then if that's the case if I believe that then like it's it's not arrogant to share that I obviously want to share that with compassion but like that's it would be arrogant if I believe that everybody can be reconciled to God through Jesus, and I didn't tell anybody about Jesus, that would be like the most unloving way I could live. Right. So, so I mean, I would be, how much do I have to hate somebody not to share mm-hmm. that good news with them? So mm-hmm. I just realized, okay, so either I'm going to uh, not believe this, or I'm going to believe it and live like I actually believe it. But yeah. I don't want to live in kind of this middle ground, like nominal Christianity, like saying I'm a Christian, but then not really sharing the mm. love of Jesus with others. That just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, how did the campus ministries at Georgia play into this for you? Uh, well, I would say, so I was involved in two campus ministries. Uh, I was probably more involved, not probably, I was more involved 
uh, and some leadership stuff in the Baptist campus ministry. But then Wesley was yeah. hugely influential. And I mean, yeah. you know, Me like changed my life. Uh, Tom Tanner, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just others who were there like had a huge influence on me uh, and really, yeah, drawn me closer in a relationship with God and also just challenging me. I mean, Tom, I was just uh, texting with him the other day, like uh, Heather and I are both indebted to God's grace same, in him. Same. We have an episode with him and Melissa uh, that is, we'll link to it. It's one of people's favorites. And his son is on staff here at Crosspoint. Oh, that's great. Isn't that cool? Yes. And um, he's starting helping with the college ministry and it is huh. It is a little bit much for my emotions to go like when your dad was investing in me as a college student, I was watching you play baseball as a third grader. Wow. And now that's you're awesome. pouring into the students at my church huh. in Nashville. I mean, that's great. It's bizarre, right? Yeah, that's great. The like tight ties mm-hmm. of the gospel. Yes. To, yeah. That we have to each other. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Tom and Melissa, they did uh, premarital counseling for us. Like, uh, yeah, we're indebted to them. Yeah. So for our friends who are listening, that have college students and they've mm. gone off to college and they raised them in church and they are just not doing it now. Mm. What do you, what do you say to them as they're watching their kids up close or long distance, far away, yeah. kind of not, not following the path that they mm. raised them in, in the church and in, in Christianity? Yeah, I would say, well, one, I mean, there's not easy <laughs> amidst that wrestling. I was just talking with somebody this last week who's yeah in that situation and just kind of a prodigal picture, but there's not been a coming back. And yeah. uh, I would just say, don't underestimate uh, what you can do praying on your knees for your son, daughter in that kind of situation. Uh, and just praying, praying for uh, intersections with people who believe the gospel on that mm-hmm. campus who will be influencers in their lives. I remember Tom telling me, because I was I was in a fraternity. I was wrestling through, okay, is this a good route for me to be going? And uh, um, he just said, just make sure you're in situations where you are influencing more than being influenced mm. and in some different ways. Yeah. And it was really good counsel. So anyway, uh, so just praying for that and uh, looking for opportunities to encourage them. I mean, one of the things, so campus ministry was big for me. One of the things that I regret was not being really plugged into a local church during my time at Georgia, I yeah. told, that, that's probably one of my biggest regrets. But again, if somebody doesn't have it, even a desire, that's going to be hard to yeah. uh, encourage them to be. But just uh, the more truth and good gospel grace is being yeah. poured in their life and just praying for intersections with that and looking for opportunities to encourage toward that end, but not uh, sometimes there's open ears to hear that and sometimes there's not. Talk about if how prayer really works it does work like <laughs> it's work doesn't it yes it is actually real it is <laughs> and I, I don't think and this is one of the things i wrestled with some of that in the book because i i think i've found myself at some points like praying for somebody but i'm just kind of I, I mean i know how to do that like i'm a pastor i know how yeah. to like say some words and kind of but like like to stop and really believe okay was i just talking to the god of the universe and was i believing that he has power to do what I just asked. And then yeah. he will do it if it's wisest. So I I think about Exodus 32, like a story, uh, like judgment is about to come on the people of God at that point. And Moses stands in the gap, he intercedes, and uh, and God relents of the judgment he was about. Like it says, he relents, like God doesn't pour out judgment that they were deserving because mm-hmm. Moses prayed. Like when Moses prayed, it actually had an effect. And this is 
it's it's mysterious how this works, um, yeah. but God has ordained prayer to be a means by which like his purposes are accomplished in the world. Like that will change your morning. Yeah. When you you don't even have to roll out of bed, like while you're still in bed in the morning you wake up, like you can be a part of what God is doing in other people's lives and not can be, have been invited to be. Like God has invited us into a relationship with him to be a part of what he's doing in the world. That's an awesome thought yeah. that makes prayer. Well, one, it just uh, keeps us from becoming monotonous in prayer. And then two, keeps us from becoming prayerless. It's Once you realize that, it's like, well, why? Am I not spending more time doing that? Like yes. that seems pretty valuable right. with the use of time. Yeah, I just think of, there's so many of us who have people in our lives that we we want and believe that God has something better for them. Hmm. And there's the inclination to, I should tell them hmm. that God has, and that sometimes is really true. Sometimes the speaking the truth is, but I also find that what if the first four weeks was you just prayed and hmm. yeah. and then see what you want to say after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it's interesting. I was talking, I was reading through Daniel the other day and it was like this picture when he was praying and there was just like, uh, it's kind of a mysterious passage there at the end of the book, but uh, it's uh, like this battle going on in the in the spiritual realm as he's praying uh -huh. and just to realize, uh, yeah, God's a lot more powerful than we are. Um, and he has given us the opportunity to, yeah, be a part of seeing his purposes mm. accomplished by his power when we pray. Yeah. Like, uh, I just, I got back a few months ago from South Korea and uh, that's an amazing story. So I've been there before, oh, but yeah. I was just reminded like the church there in South Korea. So 1900, less than 1% Christian, the entire Korean peninsula, less than 1%. A hundred years later, by the turn of the century, uh, there were over 10 million followers of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Like, from less than 1% to, and not just the church had grown, like, they are sending out people all around the world. Uh, they're second behind the U.S. when it comes to people sent out. Of sending missionaries. Yes. <gasps> my yes. gosh. Second. And they're the size of, like, Florida and California combined. This is South Korea. So, my word. And so you're just like, how did that happen? And <laughs> here's how it happened. They prayed. Yeah. Like they, and they still do. Like they get out, they have prayer gatherings. Their churches every morning at like 4.35 in the morning, Friday nights, all night. And so I came back and I was like, I am totally missing this. Like I'm a pastor. I'm totally missing this. So uh, I was, I came back to our church. I was like, we got to, we got to really pray. Yeah. And so we started doing all night prayer. Late night prayer. Like, is that when you started I, Secret Church, or is that when? No, that was, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was just like over the last few months. Like we had oh. our first all night, and I, 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 like I'm almost ashamed to say I had never done all night prayer with the church, really all night prayer at all. I like, don't think life. you need to be ashamed to yeah. say that. Oh, I understand. I don't think I've that's like a common it. thing. Oh, but you're I've, not like the last one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear. Well, that is a little encouraging. But yeah. it was it was awesome. We got together at eight o'clock and. I mean, there was a time, even in my Christian life, I'd have been like, "How? what do you do from 8 in the morning or 8 at night till 6 in the morning? Like, that's a long time. Yeah. It flew by. It really? It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, and so we were like, we got to do this again. Yeah. And so we've done it uh, just at strategic times um, over the last couple months. Um, so anyway, I don't know how I got off no, on that. No, so but good. prayer, prayer, yeah. just like, ah, oh, there's so much more to be discovered here. And something I'm we're watching here at Crosspoint that I'd love to hear how y'all are handling. And I think about it in my real life too. Uh, we pray these things, but do we ever follow up 
to see what God did after we prayed. Because mm. you pray all night long. So a lot of people yeah. pray a lot of things. Yeah. And it, and at some point, the encouragement to keep going is you look back and see what he's yes, done. That's right. That's a good word. So how are y'all yes. marking that? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I mean, there have been some things like we've been praying for specifically in the church. Like I think about we did one right before Easter. And then, I mean, we, we had, it was one of the most incredible days in my Christian life ever. Mm-hmm. Like we just, we saw like tons of people baptized, trusting in Jesus, just all kinds of stories. And I just directly tie it to the fact that we were doing late night prayer the week before. Like mm. it was, it was, it was, I mean, I couldn't wipe the smile on my, off yeah, my face all yeah. day long. It was just amazing. But yeah. it was, so it was so awesome to see that in response. So I would say we prayed for some specific things along those lines, but I, I think that's a good word. I don't know if we are uh, making sure to pause and praise God yeah. for what he's done Yeah. in response to those prayers, like really marking it down. And yeah, learning and being motivated by that. Yeah, I um, my calendar here hanging on the wall. I'm taking the back half of 2019 off of travel. Uh, I just felt like the Lord told me not to. Hmm. And I have felt so um, like I want to jump out of my skin about it, and I'm only two weeks in. Huh. And it's felt this like, it's felt so uncomfortable and so like, this feels off and da, da, da. And, but I'm real sure that the Lord uh, told me to do it. Well, yesterday, uh, this picture popped up on, in my phone and pastor Kevin, another pastor had been in here and we had laid hands on the calendar and prayed mm. for the back half of this year. And so clearly the Lord was like, this thing you're feeling is my answer. Wow. I, and I went like, man, I do not mark moments mm-hmm. of like, Oh, God's answering the prayer they prayed. It doesn't feel the way I thought yeah. it would. It's not looking, uh, he is tearing down some idols and ripping up some bad stuff in me by mm. me not being able to get on a plane. Yeah, I'm an Enneagram right. seven. I want to fly away from pain. I just want to get on, uh, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm practicing marking him answering as much as I mark my asking. Uh, that's really good. That's a good word. So, well, I'm not here to preach to you. I wanted no, to hear how y'all were doing it because we were word. thinking about it here no. at church too of like we pray every Tuesday so from 11 important. to 12. Yeah. Are we writing down what we're praying so that we can celebrate mm-hmm. when he answers? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think That's that good. matters. Because mm-hmm. um, it's what gives us... I'm I'm just not quite as dedicated to the craft as you are, and so I need encouragement as I go along I to know, keep I going. I would not put it that way for sure, but I think what you're saying, I mean, it's, it's all over the Bible, right? Like... Uh, yeah, remember, remember, remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. Like, mark this down. Like, put a stone here. Like, yeah. do these things to remember that, yeah, because, yeah, God's faithfulness in the past is, uh, yeah, a powerful motivation for trust in the present, especially when we're walking through things where it's really hard to do so. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with David to tell you about our friends over at Samaritan Ministries. Let me tell you how I prepare for my healthcare expenses by participating in Samaritan Ministries healthcare sharing. Here's how it works. So I get a notification telling me who to send my money to for that month and how to be praying for that person. Health concerns are one of those things you can never be completely prepared for. Y'all know this. And I've found that it's when the unknown looms over your shoulder that God steps in and reminds you of what you can know that he will provide in miraculous ways and practical ways and through his church. Samaritan Ministries exists simply to help the church in doing its part of that equation. Samaritan Ministries doesn't just give us a solution for our personal health care expenses. It also empowers us to become that solution for others, which I think is really cool. 
Monthly costs range from $100 to $530, depending on age, household size, and membership settings you choose. So you can sign up anytime at SamaritanMinistries.org slash That Sounds Fun. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org slash That Sounds Fun. And now back to the show. Can we talk a little bit about you going to the border of Mexico? Yes. I saw it actually. Our your co. Where is Mike to you? Co pastor? No. Uh, well, he's he's a campus pastor, Got one it. of our campuses, and then yeah, he preaches, especially when I'm not preaching. Yeah. He's like go to Mike Kelsey, he's, man. He's, he's great. Awesome. We um, were at the same thing in Colorado a couple of months ago, and we sat by each other to dinner, and I was like. Yeah, I think we're going to be friends for a long time. Mike's the real deal. I think really highly of him. So you guys went to the border. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you know firsthand that I don't know. Oh, firsthand. I would say, so the things were most encouraging or challenging. So uh, I would say firsthand, I learned a lot about the process for immigration and how how difficult it is. So my aim and saying that is not to make political statements no. in any, any direction uh, and and certainly not to say I have the answers, but it is very... So talking there at the border with... So I, I think about one guy uh, from Venezuela. I mean, things are horrible in Venezuela right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he uh, has traveled and it's amazing. Like all these... He's uh, about a 25-year-old guy but there's families with little kids i mean and they have traveled like all through latin america just i mean with a little bag on their shoulder but no money i mean just figuring out their way and so they're there and they're in this long line he's been waiting about five months to get into a line uh or in a line where he will finally get uh an interview where he will be able to to make his case for why he needs asylum out of his country. And uh, so he'll share that. And then that will then, if if he makes it past that, then it's a couple of year process where um, he he will at some point have a court date somewhere. But like, how do you get help in that? I mean, just, I mean, he's just all trying to figure it out. It's just really, really, really challenging and uh, confusing. And uh, and then after all that, the likelihood of still being able to come in is, yeah. is pretty pretty minimal. So uh, so that was just one. So that's one story. I'm not saying that's like everybody's story, but that's right. one story. And but I'm looking, and there's just all kinds of stories like that. And uh, I talked to another woman. She's uh, she's from Cameroon. She uh, was uh, arrested in her country. She has kids. She was arrested, taken away from her kids. She doesn't know where her kids now are now. She was arrested. Beaten, oh, yeah, I saw you write and, about this. Oh, this is horrible. Like, and she's like weeping. Is she sharing? Uh, so she, uh, anyway, was kind of uh, saved, rescued out of where she w- had been arrested. She was taken um, through Nigeria. And then from Nigeria, she's gone. Now, she knows her kids are with family somewhere. But she uh, fled from, I mean, they were going to kill her. So she fled from Nigeria to, through Nigeria, she came to Panama and then has worked her way up through like, which is like not easy countries. because there's an ocean in between. No, I mean, <laughs> that's and, unbelievable. And then across like, I can't remember, seven countries or so. And she's now at the border and she's in this process. So anyway, it's just individuals. So, I mean, people. They're but people. what's awesome is the, the pastors. So I was with a couple of different pastors, Mexican pastors. And I mean, this one, this one guy said, 
I never could have imagined I'd been I'd be planting. There's a lot of Haitians there who have come to the border. And he said, I never could have imagined I'd be planting a Haitian church, but God brought Haitians to me, so I'm going right. to plant a Haitian church. Right. And so uh, he basically said, if God has brought these nations outside of my doorstep, I can either ignore them or I can love them, and I'm not going to ignore them. Yeah. And so he has turned like the whole little church building, it's like 60 people in the church, uh, little church building his office into a shelter for uh, people who are going through this process. And they're living there for a long time, and he's... Yeah, showing God's love to him in the process. Him. It's it's awesome. So to see just men and women on the front lines right there just caring for those who are walking through these processes was pretty amazing. Zoom out for a second and not talking politically at all, but unless you want to, but tell me about what is happening on the earth and the gospel. What is this the end times? What is this? <laughs> what I, is all this? Well, I I hope like Jesus comes back tomorrow, like I or today. Uh, so um, I think when I look around the world, I see a broken, fallen world uh, where injustice and evil are realities, but it is not the end of the story, and mm. it will not be the end of the story. And so uh, we have the greatest news in the world now that uh, sin death have been conquered by Jesus. So hope is available in the most otherwise hopeless situations. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. Is it more hopeless than it's been before? Or do we just have more access to hopeless stories? I think I, I would not say I think it's more hopeless than ever before. I just don't know if I can make that statement, but I can say there's a lot of hopelessness. Yeah. And, but I, I'm, and not just in poor people, in rich people, yes, yes. in every race, in every, I mean, we are, are designed for relationship with God. We have turned aside from that relationship and the effects are everywhere. And, yeah. uh, but that's, that's but it. there, there is hope. Like there's hope, yeah. there's joy, there's a peace, uh, there's life that transcends all that. Yeah. And and so that's why, okay, anybody who believes that, like, well, we've got to share that. Yeah. We've got to spread that. Yes. And you can do that with Twitter. And you can, you can do, do that, that with so Facebook. many different ways. There is, you, yeah. Let's talk about your book because okay. that's what happens. Hmm. Okay. So you sent me, it's called Something Needs to Change. It comes out tomorrow. Hmm. Congratulations. Thanks. What book is this? Number seven? No, no. This is number five. Number five. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Who knew? Tom Tanner has people writing books. I, I definitely didn't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> me that's neither. Right. Let me tell you, when I'm sitting at the Wesley Foundation in 2000, <laughs> I'm not thinking I'm going to no, write books someday. No, no, no. And I didn't even think, like, the first book I wrote, I, mean, I was just going to self-publish it. And Radical? I thought my mom would buy it. Yeah, like, I mean, I didn't... Joke's on you, because that puppy has sold. <laughs> I, I'd have probably read it a couple other times. If I had thought. I'd have made a few more edits <laughs> yeah, if I knew where that was going to go. So, I mean, I, I didn't, I wouldn't take it back or anything, but I, yeah. Anyway, really I just funny. had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I did not, I, I never would have pictured writing yeah. books. So, something needs to change. You When you sent it to me a few months ago to read, I emailed you 15 pages in, maybe 20 pages in. I was reading it on the treadmill at the Y and I pulled up my phone and I emailed you and I said, dude, I've never anything like this. Hmm. And I had to make a list. You can ask assistant Jenna. I had to make a list yesterday of the three best books I've read lately for a podcast. I'm on about books. Huh. And I was like, well, unfortunately one of them isn't out yet. I was huh. like, one of them is David Platt's new book. And so let me just celebrate you and say, 
this, I read a lot of books, and this is one of the best ones I've read in a really long time. Uh, thanks for that. It is very good. Um, it is different than your others. Mm-hmm. In your other books, it feels like you are teaching. Mm-hmm. It feels, and this is you are, you're so human. I mean, you're human in your other ones, mm-hmm. but in this one, like, it's just the narrative of a week. Is that right? Ten yeah, days? Yeah, eight days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, tell us eight days. Yeah, doing what? I would say, and to kind of go off what you were just saying, yeah, I think the big difference is this is less teaching, more wrestling, yeah, actually with the things that I teach. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the the book, so it's different, and that the format is an eight day journey. It's based on uh, some different treks that I've uh, been a part of, uh, just going through uh, villages up high in the Himalayas, and so it's eight days. Uh, trekking through some when I come back from some of these those trips in particular like I just wish I could take multitudes of people mm-hmm. there that's obviously not not possible so this is like my attempt. I'm not man enough the well, way the way y'all have to travel <laughs> two pairs of clothes no nope. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah well I mean there are some unique challenges but so this is my attempt to bring those those trails uh, just to all kinds of people that might not ever go there and uh, and not just like to have some experience but to the the reason why these trails in particular so I've, I travel a good bit uh, but these villages probably represent more than any other place I've ever been on what I can only describe as a collision of urgent spiritual and physical need like yeah, urgent physical need uh, like yeah, they did some research in these mountains and found that uh, half the kids were dying before their eighth birthday. So, I mean, I, I've got four kids. One of my greatest fears is something happened to one of them. Like, mm-hmm. I can imagine that being an expectation for half of them. And uh, and, and they're dying of, like, preventable diseases. Right. So, I mean, so it's poverty and then the byproducts of that kind of poverty, whether it's, like, sex trafficking, like, uh, just, I mean... Of young girls, uh, just so urgent physical need, on top of urgent spiritual need. Like you're walking these trails, and you you meet somebody, say, "What do you know about Jesus?" And they say, "Who's that?" And it's like you're talking about somebody in a nearby village that they've not met yet. Like they have no idea who Jesus is. Um, so you put that together, and uh, so urgent spiritual and physical need. And uh, it just leads to all kinds of questions like, God, where is your goodness and justice mm-hmm. in this? Mm-hmm. Like, why why are these girls being trafficked? Why do you let this happen? Or like, what? And why? Why are... So assuming the gospel that we were talking about earlier, that if, if people die separated from God, they've spent eternity separated from God. Like, why would some people be born into like earthly suffering like this and then only to move on to eternal separation from you? Like, I just so these are things that, that I preach, stuff. yeah, um, about like from a stage in front of a lot of people, but it's a whole other thing when you're face to face with uh, this family whose girl's been trafficked or you're face to face with this guy who's lost his kids uh, due to preventable diseases or, uh, yeah, or talking to people who have never even heard the gospel. So, uh, 
so anyway, what I try to do in the book is try to just open up my journals and just be honest uh, with questions I have about things I, I teach and not in a way that uh, uh, I try to put like a nice tidy bow on the end, uh, in the end of it, but, but to say, okay, these are, these are questions uh, that I think it's right to ask humbly before God yeah. and then let those lead to uh, yeah, kind of why questions lead to what questions. So there's some things I don't know that I can't figure out, but I do know that if this is a real, these things are realities in the world, then my life needs to look different. Mm. I know that. Mm. So I'd uh, ask me to solve some of these other things. I can't solve some of those other things, but I do know that uh, I have an opportunity to be a part of spreading hope in otherwise hopeless situations, and I want to take full. Uh, advantage of that. Yeah. Did you know when you were on this track, did you think this will make, this will be, this is a book I want to write? No, I didn't. Were you thinking that as you were going? No, I, I want it all uh, because, yeah, so I'm just like wrestling and raw and uh, and then after, yeah, after I'd, I'd come back and just was processing that and I, you know, one of the challenges, I, I, I come back Heather's always kind of bracing herself when I come back from overseas, like, okay, what major change is about to happen in our lives? <laughs> the church, uh, when you go, when I come back, like, okay, what's like the, the yeah, what's the major change that's yeah. coming? And so that's the challenge. Like, how do I communicate like these things that I've seen, felt, experienced, uh, wrestled with? How do you communicate that to people who haven't seen, felt, experienced some of the same things? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it changes when you're in that context as opposed to kind of our everyday lives. Yeah. So then it was like, okay, maybe if I, if I could find a way to just take people on those trails with me through, through uh, the page, through a book, then maybe I could help people wrestle with some of these things in a whole, yeah. a whole other level. Yeah. So. That's how, I, I mean, you messed me up hard because uh, I, there were each chapter or section you tell a little bit of what you were reading in Luke, mm -hmm, right? That's right. And then some of your journal and then your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I was just going like, Platt, I don't have time. I don't have time for you to mess me up like this mm -hmm. on the treadmill. That's why I kept thinking like, I'm just trying <laughs> to get this thing done. Mm -hmm. And it is, I think some of the things people are hearing us talk about on multiple shows are direct responses I'm having in my life to what mm. I read in, the, in mm. your book. Mm. So, um, and you can see it. It really has been read. I wouldn't uh. lie to you. You can see the bending in it. Um, um, and I and I hope in that, like, uh, I almost feel like, uh, I mean, the the goal of the book is not like make us like really really heavy with all these yeah. things, but to to realize like that's the kind of the whole point. Something needs to change, not just in the world. Like something needs to change in those mountains. Like people need to hear the gospel. Girls need to not be trafficked. Mm -hmm. Like that needs to change, but something needs to change in our our hearts that can actually affect that kind of mm -hmm. change. And the beauty is, like God has given us opportunities where we can right. be a part of affecting that change, and not just us in general. Like uniquely different ones of us. Like yeah. God's uniquely gifted Annie Downs. He's uniquely gifted me. Every single person who's listening to this, like unique grace, gifts, desires, passions that can all be used to make. The hope, love, yeah, yeah, peace of Jesus known in otherwise really hard situations. Like it's awesome what we can be a part of right. if we'll open our eyes to the need and then decide, I want my life to count for for that. Yeah. And I that's I would love for you to speak into that a little bit because I was thinking there's so many of our friends who are listening who 
a 20 year old guy who's graduating college next mm. year, but there's the mom who's our age, who's home with her kids because she, that's what is right for their family. And she can't pack up and move to Venezuela right now to be helpful. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then there's grandparents listening and there's dads listening who are thinking, where's our family supposed to go? Yeah. How do you pinpoint after they read something needs to change and they go, I got to do something. How do you pinpoint what you can do in your own life? Yeah. So I, my, what I'm hoping is, and through telling some different stories in the book of younger people of retirees and everywhere in between who are doing Man, different the retirees. Things. I loved them so yes. much in the book. I mean, I, they, <gasps> uh, I mean, to, to see somebody who's like, uh, so they, that, that story just, I don't want to give away too much, but anyway, it's, this is a story worth telling yeah. uh, again. So it's like they, 20 pages of 200. Yeah, there, It'll there be you fine. Go. Okay. That's worry. fine. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this guy, he's a, uh, Ooh, hold on. You want to talk to Kevin Queen? Yeah, sure. Kevin Queen, come on in. Come say, Hey, we're still recording, but you, ain't, you ain't nothing new on the podcast. What's up, What's up bro? <laughs> good to see you, man. Hey, really good to good. see you. Come on. Hey, man. You can, you can talk, bro. You're welcome. Hey, do grab his microphone for one second, because I do want you to say, I mean, this is a room. This is a three-person podcast, all pouring out of the same college ministry. Yeah. Right? We already talked about Tom and Melissa Tanner, but talk a little bit for one second, Pastor. Kevin's also the pastor of the pod. People know. He's okay. the pastor of the pod. What kind of legacy are you seeing in this? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think more and more conversations, I was just talking with with Mason Tanner. Yeah. Tom Sonic, Yeah, I told, uh, I told David he's on, on staff. On here staff. Now. And he said he just had lunch with Kevin Mann, who oh, Kevin yeah. was a was worship, worship leader. Was our worship, yeah, yeah so he lives like, here too. It's just, yeah, there's just this gravitational pull toward uh, toward Nashville. But I mean, yeah. when you see, <laughs> so David, so David, so cancel your flight, bro. <laughs> we have, we have canceled your flight. But no, we're just, we're, I mean, when you look around and you see um, the fruit, like just a praying ministry, that that's what they prayed for. They prayed that God would raise up a next generation of spiritual leaders. And mm -hmm. God did just that, you mm -hmm. know. And, uh, and so it makes me want to double down on that prayer, right? Uh, and right. go, okay, that's worth that's where it's sowing seed in prayer for God to do, you know, 20 years from now where stories will be told because they prayed. I'm like, yeah. man, wouldn't that be amazing? So, yeah. yeah. I told Dave before we started, if there's two things you'd want to talk about, if y'all saw each other, it's prayer or revival, and you did it without me. I knew you. <laughs> I didn't even have to ask you to talk about prayer. Um, okay, you just want to sit with us for a bit while he keeps going? Can I, can I sit? Yeah, is that right with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. You know, I think even that, this whole conversation, in light of what we were, uh, we were just talking about, yeah. like, I mean, you think about, we've mentioned Tom and Melissa Tanner, like, I mean, they're, they're like one life in Athens, Georgia for that time. Yeah. And obviously he was in a, a, a ministry leadership position, but by pouring your life into others around you, like mm -hmm. that just goes so far beyond. Yeah. So I just think, I mean, you were talking about the, the mom who's at home with her kids or you're talking this person or that person, like don't underestimate what your loving and laying down your life for just a few people around you, like that will lead far beyond. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I just think about the woman, the couple of women who led my small group all through middle school and high school. Hmm. I'm like, y'all, when we all get to heaven, I'm going to be like mowing the grass. They're going to be the ones who yes. get to relax, yeah. right? Like I'm doing the fun part. Hmm. They, those people who invested in us on the weekly basis or the daily basis, are the ones that the Lord's like that, that one. 
Yeah. That one. Um, okay, tell the story of the retirees. Okay, yeah, yeah. Going. So this this guy, I mean, he's he's an aquaponics expert. So I didn't really know what aquaponics is. I didn't either until uh, you taught me. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, and so basically it takes... And I, I'm going to struggle to even explain it now, but it takes... He takes trout waste, trout poop, and uh, turns it into nutrients for growing plants that can produce, uh, yeah, resources in these mountains, and then that turns around and feeds fish. I don't, I'm not, I don't even know how it all works. But anyway, what was awesome is to see this guy who's like this aquaponics expert, now retired, and he has moved up into these mountains, and he's using his aquaponics gifts to serve people in these mountains and in the process uh share the gospel like it's it's awesome because i'm sitting here thinking this guy's he's so different from me like he doesn't have he's not gone to seminary he's not done but that's yeah. kind of the beauty like he's doing this with the unique gifts god's given him uh so again that's not to say okay everybody needs to move overseas and do this or that but that is to say don't underestimate how God has wired you and where God has placed you and the opportunities God has put around you that can be used for uh, purposes far beyond what you can imagine. Yeah, that's what one of my favorite parts of what you wrote is you tell the story, but then at the end you're like, hey, here's some ways you can like do this. Yes. And I just think that if we can just remind people that God has already given them the mm. life he wants them to have to some degree, right? Yes. You've got a sphere of influence. If you have more than 12 followers on Facebook, more than 12 friends, you got more than Jesus had in his inner circle. Huh. So start discipling some people mm. yeah. and like, let, and, and what are the gifts you have? Cause that, that guy with the trout poop. I mean, when I read that, I thought that's, that's what we're supposed to do with our lives is figure out what God has gifted us toward and use that to, give our privilege toward the mm. underprivileged mm. and and share the gospel in that way. That's the thing. I, I, the kind of subtitle of the book is uh, called A Make Your Life Count in a World of Urgent Need. And well I just done think, memorizing that whole thing. I was, oh, I was quizzing you. I was like, is he going to say this? No, uh, but that's, that's kind of the point. Like, does God want my life to count in a world of urgent need? Well, of course he does. So has God given me grace toward that end? Sure he has. Like for every single one of us, like God doesn't want any one of us to be sidelined in yeah. in his purposes in the world and the spread of his love in the world like we are all uniquely gifted in different ways so just to ask that's what I try to do there at the end of the book is just ask okay so how can you discern what are the unique opportunities you have as you look at a world of urgent spiritual and physical need like right around you you don't have to go up to the Himalayas right. in order to be a part of that but then so yes right around you and then potentially far from you in ways that this aquaponics expert never could yeah. imagine. But now he's he's like living a life he never could have found. Yeah. But some of you can. Some of you can yes. pack up and go. Yes. You can do That's short right. trips. You can move your life. You can do whatever you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, I, I just got back from uh, Ethiopia. Um, and uh, this is an incredible story. So this is not in the book or anything, but this couple, they, uh, they've been in church for a while. They're actually originally from Ethiopia. We have a a large number of Ethiopians in our uh, our church in Metro DC, but uh, they just been kind of living a, a Christian life, pretty comfortable Christian life, and uh, they were in on, on like a vacation in Ethiopia, staying in some nice places. They ended up in an orphanage one day, and uh, to kind of appease a friend of theirs they'd known to go visit. Well, God totally changed their hearts, 
And they said, we had no idea. There's a massive orphan crisis in Ethiopia. So uh, anyway, they said, We're, we have a unique opportunity to be a part of something here. So they have, so over the last two or three years, they've basically created a whole coalition of churches now in Ethiopia that are working together across this Ethiopian uh, orphan, orphan crisis. They are, uh, like there was one orphanage we were working in uh, that they were directly, like this happened because of their work. Three to five kids were dying every week. Now, over the last six months, one child has died. So, I mean, obviously that's still not good, but like, but, um, yeah. I mean, children's lives being saved. We, were, The president of Ethiopia invited us to come and uh, meet with them, meet with her to uh, talk about what's going on. Like, I mean, it's like the Ethiopian ambassador uh, brought a bunch of us from the church down to the embassy in D.C. to like thank the church for the oh impact gosh. that's had. And all this happened is because one couple just said, we can actually do something here. Yeah. Like just one couple who just said, we, we want to do something. And uh, it's funny, I was talking to her just a couple of weeks ago. We had like about 125 of our people from the church in Ethiopia on this trip. And I was talking with her and she, because she is kind of leading the trip. And uh, I said, do you, do you miss your old life? Like when it was just kind of vacations and this and that. And she was like, not for a second. Like really? she's just beaming. She's just saying like this, I can't imagine living for anything else mm. than this. Mm -hmm. I, I was talking, we had a meeting this morning and one of the things we said is if we try and fail, at least we tried. Yeah. Like, isn't it just going to be better if we try things for the gospel and we and we push some boundaries, and we something we say here a lot is move the seashore. Mm. If we can just be a part of moving the shore just a little bit, and if it doesn't work, at least you tried. Yeah, and don't underestimate what God might use that failure to do to, mm. to prepare for mm -hmm. this or that in the future, or uh, yeah, what we might think is a failure may in the end, like in eternity, may actually not be seen as a failure. Yeah, so, ooh, preach so, that, David Platt. Yeah. One of the things you said is a question we love talking about here on the show is how do you hear God? Mm. Because everybody wants to. Everyone who has come to a place where they believe that God is real wants to hear him. Mm. So how do you hear him and how can you help us to hear him? Well, I mean, first and foremost, without question, like open the Bible. Like this is, we know the word of God. So like, yeah, I just think about this morning, I was meeting with the God of the universe. I had a meeting with him, like, mm -hmm. and he was speaking to me through his word. Um, now, what what I have really, I think, grown in my understanding of a good bit over the last uh, few years is the relationship between prayer and the word and the way the spirit of God speaks to our hearts through the word as we pray the word. So I'll just, uh, as I'm reading through the word, then I'm constantly journaling and uh, and praying according to what I'm reading. And mm. as I'm praying according to what I'm reading, then it's like this conversation that is happening with God. That's I mean, that's I, there's just no other way to describe it. Like whether, yeah, when this morning I was in John three and John four, and yeah. uh, so how'd you get there? How do you decide where you're going to read? Every day? I'm I use a Bible reading plan. Yeah, uh, which is really 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 helpful. So. Uh, yeah, so I use a Bible reading plan. So today I just happen to be in John three and four. So I'm reading through, and uh, you know, John three sixteen. I'm like, and I'm just journaling, like, well, that's a well-known verse for a reason. That is awesome, God. I praise you for your love, mm. and uh, and then um, 
And then I think about just a couple of days ago, I won't go into the details of this, but I was in Matthew 6, and uh, uh, forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors, the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so as I'm praying and journaling that, like I was just at that moment, it came to mind some unforgiveness in my heart towards some people. Mm. And it kind of came out of nowhere. But So that would be a good example of God speaking. So it's through His Word. I just think that's foundational um, because that's what we know his word is but but he by his spirit applied that word pretty specifically in my mind mm. and my heart at that point to unforgiveness and I just confessed that before God and just immediately got on uh, text and reached out to those people in particular yeah. like so that that would be an example. And you just trusted when you were reading. And you're doing your fingers like you're typing. So do yes, you journal on your computer? I do. I okay. do on my iPad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so does Kevin. I maybe should learn from y'all. The real pastors in my life. Oh, you oh, can write with like yeah, a, a pen write. Yeah. or a pencil? <laughs> a pen. That's, a that's a really pencil. Weird. Who journals with a pencil? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, a pen. Who journals on paper? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what is problematic is I can't search. Like yeah. sometimes I'll go, where did I last read that verse? I'm like, I think the cover well, was purple of the journal. <laughs> but the the good thing about the way you do it is it's not in like the cloud somewhere that somebody that like anybody just, else can get. Yeah. You know, that's right. There's a rule. My whole small group knows that when I die, you burn my journals. Yeah, I'm like, they yeah. don't get published. I already published books. People get enough. <laughs> I published what I wanted to yeah, publish. Yeah, yeah. This was between me and God. Yeah, these yeah. all get burned. Yeah. All, all those men don't need to see their names <laughs> in the journal over and over. Um, yeah. But when... So what you're saying is that when you read your scripture in the morning, mm-hmm. um, if you're reading and you said the unforgiveness came to mind, so when you're reading, someone's face just pops into your mind or a, or a situation and you trust, oh, that's the Holy Spirit as yeah. my teacher yeah. bringing something back to mind. This isn't just an accident. This is coming to my that's head right, right now. Because that's what, yeah, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I think in that circumstance, I could have been like, because I, so I started, like I'm literally... As I'm reading through my mind, I mean, my mind wanders. I think most of all our minds wander Mm -hmm. when we're praying Mm -hmm. or reading the Bible, so my mind wanders. Um, So it wanders toward some of this, yeah, I guess bitterness is probably the best way to say it, toward uh, a couple people. And uh, and then as I'm reading this, and and then I'm just like, I need to pause at that point and be like, okay, is there a connection here? Whoa, there's like a crystal clear connection. I'm not saying it's always that clear, but that was really, really clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven. Uh-huh. Those who sinned against us. Like, oh, okay. All right. Wow. Yeah. So um, anyway, it just, it creates this, yeah, it's it creates this opportunity, like opening the word. And it's always something always to check too, like as God is speaking yep. to us, I want to make sure that uh, that Anything I'm thinking God is saying aligns with God's word because mm-hmm. I know that uh, God's not going to speak by his spirit in a way that doesn't align with his word. But that's I think that's the beauty. Again, Matthew 6, like when when Jesus says, I was thinking about this, don't heap up empty phrases. And or, or he says, uh, your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask him. And I'm thinking, well, doesn't that kind of miss the point of, like, what's the point of prayer? Like if he yeah. already knows what I need before I ask him, so apparently God's not up in heaven like with a steno pad, like writing down whatever. Oh, I haven't thought about oh, that. Oh, that's yes, the, thank Annie you bringing for, me that idea. Is so yes, interesting. You're so informative. <laughs> I am omniscient. So, uh, but no. So why? What's the point of prayer then? And that I was just reminded reading it just a couple of days ago. Like the point of prayer is not primarily like to inform God or to get something, but the primary purpose of prayer not to get something, but to know someone. Like mm. there is a there is a. a 
uh, an intimacy with God that happens when you're just alone. So that's right. Go in your room, close the door, pray to your father's unseen. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Like there's yeah. just reward yeah. waiting to be found. Oh, uh, that's good. Every morning. Like, uh, yeah, just open the word, just be before God and there there's reward. Okay. T- I want you to talk about this for just a second. Mm-hmm. I love it sometimes feels like our current faith culture, which is what, whatever, has called everything a blessing and nothing a reward. Hmm. Hmm. Everything a blessing, nothing a reward. Like everything is a gift from God. Yeah, yeah. Everything you've been given is a gift. And sometimes I want to be like, no, you're being rewarded. Huh. Like you have, God is being kind. It is a gift. He yeah, is being kind. Yes. But you're being rewarded because scripture says hmm. when you sit down in the morning mm-hmm. and something and something blesses you and you realize he's speaking, he's He's in relationship with you, but there's yeah. reward here. Yes, totally. Well, I think, and it's interesting. I was actually having a conversation the other day with somebody. Uh, There's a, a whole book that was written on, uh, it was like suffering and martyrdom, but the person who was writing it added at the end and rewards in heaven because the the picture of reward in scripture mm. really is strong. Like mm-hmm. there's, it. we are following Christ for reward. Now the reward is primarily him, him. not him. Right. Like so, it's not okay. You get all these the good stuff, but it's him, and flowing from him are so many good gifts. And yeah. uh, and so yes, yes, there like for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Like right. there is reward. Like he, right. and so that's what like we're living for joy. Like yeah. I'm living for satisfaction for water that wells up to eternal life. John for uh, today, like there is. Yeah. So all that to say, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like reward. And I, I think about when my when my kids, like I was spending time. Some we were having guy time last night with my two older boys. How old are and, they? And uh, they're thirteen and eleven. Okay. And so uh, one of them was like, "I love guy time," and <laughs> oh, uh, and so I it was so it was so great because it was. I mean, and I'm like rewarding them. Like I mean, I'm. I want them to have a good time yeah. with me in this yeah. guy time, but that's part of the point. Like we have a father in heaven who actually loves us yeah. and actually wants us to experience his goodness. And uh, so, yes, yeah, that's a good word. I just think that's really, f- I think it's, I think it's something I would like to not look at my own life and call out a lot, but I'd huh. love to look at my friends' lives. Huh. I think it's wiser to look at your friends' lives yeah. and say that than your yeah. own. But well, but even then you realize, even your own life, like you realize, I mean, all all the good gifts God gives are evidences of his grace. And so That's reward right. I don't it's deserve not like, any okay, of I've it. done amazing, so you're gonna be rewarded. That's but, right. Uh, but there is reward that's found in seeking. Uh, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Right. I preached on that a few weeks ago. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's a great promise. That is, it's, I'm with you. The reward is when we sit down and open scripture, we are not alone. Yeah. What a huge reward that that when I do that, uh, something I've been talking a lot about the pods so of people are like, we know Annie. But I've been noticing a lot that if I follow the trail of the questions I ask when I'm reading scripture, mm. that's what the Holy Spirit has for me yeah. that morning. Where I go like, why did they put that there? Hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm like digging into my apps and I'm like, and, and there is some little nugget yeah, back there yeah. that I go, oh, that that word changed my day. That yeah. literal translation of that word is going to affect me for days to come. Yeah, And that feels like a reward, like it's you're so doing good. a treasure hunt. I, I, like, I was, I'm so glad you just said that. What, what's coming to my mind right now, Psalm 119, 162, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I love that verse. Like spoil. Like 119, tra- 162. 162. Like uh, open up 
in the word and like there's spoil yeah. like waiting for yeah. you. No, I, I say that even as we're talking, I'm thinking there are some people who open up the Bible and like it's just like I don't I don't get it. I don't and so that's not been like the experience necessarily, yeah. but uh just press in, press that's in. Right. Just seek to grow in this area because I, I promise there is spoil yeah. there. There is treasure there. Um, so maybe maybe there is need to to yeah ask somebody how do I do this how do I dive in more and so uh, I don't want to make it sound like yeah somebody who's missing out on that even when they're open the Bible or like just yeah it's a process yeah to get yeah. there but believe yeah believe that the reward is worth it yeah I someone's asking me yesterday I'm working on a new book and someone said how's it going and I said well I feel like an archaeologist. Hmm. And I have only uncovered enough bone to know there's a dinosaur here. Mm. So I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. I have no idea what this dinosaur is. Yeah, and I think good. that's true of scripture. Like if you're opening your Bible, you're in the right place. Yeah. Just keep digging until they, you see what this bone is. Yeah, that's a good that word. Just, just don't quit digging. Yeah, see, that's the whole beauty. And that's the whole beauty of the Bible. Like he has made himself known. He mm-hmm. is not hiding. He's not hiding from us. God does not hide from us. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, the next time we're in the same place is January, Orlando, right. Young Life Young 2020. Life. It's That'd not a secret great. anymore. Yeah, it's good. How do you feel about Young Life? I, I love them. It's great. I mean, I, it's it's interesting. I was just talking with somebody last week who, yeah, came to faith in Jesus through Young Life, just had never been yeah anywhere near a church, and yeah. then, so it was pretty pretty powerful. And yeah, we've we've got to be intentional about uh, pouring God's grace into the next generation, and yeah. so to see the way Young Life does that all over the country and far beyond the country is pretty awesome. I hope we get to ride some roller coasters together. <laughs> That's my I'm, dream. I'm, I'm just going to tag like, along with the Platt family. No, but my, I, I'm not good on roller coasters anymore. Like, I don't like I, the big ones. Yeah. I, like my kids, I'm like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just watch it. <laughs> I, I'm sure. You guys yeah. have so I, much like, fun. Be, yeah, I've like become my dad. It's really sad <laughs> in that way. But I just like, ah. Uh, I feel like I could get injured or something like that. Oh, so. my gosh. You're like, I'm going to go trek the Himalayas, but don't put me on Space well, Mountain. I'll do it for the gospel, <laughs> but fair, I'm not fair, doing fair. it for like Just for kicks. 60 seconds of whatever uh, happens on those things. Oh, my gosh. So. Um, okay, one more question you always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, uh-huh. tell me what David Platt does for fun. Uh, whatever my kids want to do. Whatever, whatever Heather or my kids want to do. Like that. So uh, lat- now... Okay, let me step back. Like, yes, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Now, it's even what's best is when they want to go to a professional baseball game. So that, Dude. so that's what I was doing. That was guy time last yes. night. So I the Nationals. A, yeah, we were at a How Nationals. How do you game. grow up Braves? No, and I'm then, a Braves fan. Okay, great. But yeah, Oof. just let, let's be clear. Uh, so uh, ideal kind of relaxation is like at a ballpark with a hot dog, and yeah. and so yeah, and so thankfully. My family enjoys that, so that's yes. like perfect intersection. Me too. I've got Braves tickets in two weeks, and I'm so. Do you? Ready. Oh, I would love to go to some Braves games, especially since they're doing pretty well. Right and you now. know, Dansby Swanson's friend of the pod. He's yeah, I've seen that. Everybody yeah. loves him. That's He's the great. Best. Hmm. It is. I yeah. We don't have time to talk about baseball, but baseball, I uh, I can get behind some sports. Yeah, it is really fun. I, I love. Yeah, that was like my dream growing up, and uh, it definitely was not realized. Yeah. Um, so God just not gifted me with that particular grace. But last year we did a faith day up at uh, uh, National Park, and it was really cool. Like there were some of the players that 
I was interviewing on the field after the game, and uh, a lot of people stayed around. It was it was really neat, but they asked me to throw out the first pitch. It was <gasps> no, it was that's so, so one of my dreams. You got to uh, throw out the first. It was pitch. totally a dream. And what was so funny was, uh, so that my so my cool. son, my eleven year old, he was like pumped, and he was like, Dad you cannot mess this up. Like, do not bounce the ball. I mean, he was like pouring on the pressure. (laughs) And so I was like, all right. And so for the few weeks leading up to it, I'd get home from wherever and he'd be like, dad we got to go out and practice and like, it was like a total role reversal like it was the son telling the dad you need to practice so we went out we measured how far it was and we're working on practicing and uh, we get to the uh we get to the day and he was like are you nervous and I'm like i think i'm all right buddy <laughs> so uh, we're out there on the field and i'm talking with somebody and the person who's in charge comes over and wants to ask if i'm going to pitch like from the pitching rubber or in front of the mound and he he just like stepped in he was like oh he'll pitch from the pitching <gasps> rubber <laughs> and uh and and he said he looked at me and he said dad if you, if you don't throw a good pitch, I'll still love you. Oh. And, I mean he was like it was really My like this gracious. total reversal. <laughs> but then by God's grace, I got it across the plate, and he was like, "And your he, son's practice he, he encouragement." He said he was like, "Yes, Dad." So anyway, yeah, it was it was, it was pretty fun. That's so sweet. Um, okay, baseball, good to know. So there now all go. of our friends that are in DC can just look for you at Nats. That's games. right. And That's there right. You go. Thank you for doing this. Oh, this was pure joy. Wow, yeah. you're really kind, and I want you to hear me say I'm on your team. Wow. I believe in what you do, and I'm cheering for you. And if you need stuff, we're here. Well, seriously, you've been an encouragement to me, and obviously you are too multitudes of people so thank you oh friends it me just the best what a great dude i i don't know if you've heard him teach up close but i imagine many of you have watched him from far away either as a pastor or an author on social media but man up close and in conversation he's he's just as great a man as you would hope. And I am super, super thankful. Hey, and if you have someone like a Tom and Melissa Tanner in your life that have been so influential in my life and Pastor Kevin's life and David's life, I I hope that maybe today you'd reach out and tell them thank you for the impact that they have had on your life. What fun to have Pastor Kevin pop in. Y'all know, Pastor of the Pod, we love that guy. Love hearing him and getting to see him for a minute. Us all three sitting in this room was really meaningful to me. And I'm really grateful for it. I feel like time stopped for just a second for us. And I am really, really thankful. Hey, make sure you grab a copy of Something Needs to Change by David Platt. It really is. Of all the books I've read in the last year, this, as I told you, this is one of my top favorites. And I'm just so moved by it. It's also just really excellent storytelling. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Make sure you grab a copy and make sure you give him a follow on social media. Tell him thanks for being on the show and how much his ministry has meant to your life. And if this is the first time you're hearing about the gospel, if you have any more questions, you know, we're really easy to find. You can just email us podcast at AnnieFDowns.com. I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F Downs all over the place. F for friends, because I love being in a room with my friends today. Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you'd be looking for me. That's how you can find me. And thank you guys so much for how you share the show with your friends. I have just loved meeting people lately who know about the podcast because one of their friends told them. So thank you for doing that. I just think that is super cool. All right, friends, I think that is it for me today. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. Thursday.